A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined via Skype by a very special guest. Uh, we have mentioned her many times uh, on the pod. She is the senior astrologer at Vice and new app Astro Guide. She also is the author of the upcoming book, The Astrology of Love and Sex. Please welcome Annabelle Gatt. Yay! Thank you for having me here. We're you're so welcome. We're we're excited to have you on. As I said, we we mention you, we refer to you often. We've had some of your students, mm-hmm. so I mean, you're. I feel like you're a presence on the podcast, even though you're not there. I'm pleased to be on this iconic show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, I can't wait to talk to you all about my new book and my app and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Also, I will say maybe one of our first like online astrology friends was you. I feel mm-hmm. like you're like the first name I remember like 
you know, responding to tweets or retweeting or just like just hanging out. And it was just like, oh, like yeah. we're in the online club. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a good feeling. I, I remember those moments as well. Like when I was first starting, whenever you're first starting a business or you're excited about a project and like people like are interacting with it, you're like, yes, it's, it's a good feeling. So I'm, I'm happy that I was one of those for you. Yeah. Those, those are some of my best memories also. And it's not like just like it went from like my mom and my two friends. And I was like, oh, cool. Annabelle Gasly <laughs> tweeting back to us. Tight. Well, I feel like you're you are very um, like active in the astrology community in the sense of like you literally teach people. But also like I you on your Instagram celebrate a lot of people like shout people out and all of that. So I mean, it's not not surprising, but I think that that's something that you're you're good at. Thank you. I, I, I hope I am. And I hope that it inspires other people to do it too. Cause that's like the true meaning of social media is to like hype your friends. Yeah. You know, it's like get involved uh-huh. and like be part of a community. And like, I don't know. It's like that's, that's what the whole point is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, why exist in the vacuum when it's like, we can all have like fun in the big vacuum <laughs> all, t- all together. That is something that I forget though. Honestly, I just, commented this on someone else's like post but I think I forget that like uh it is an interactive thing as opposed to just like a presentational thing where it's like I get real caught up in like oh am I putting out the correct information when it's also like oh you can also like tell someone that they made something cool or Mm. say hey I don't have anything cool to put up right now but my friend made this thing so check out their pay like using it as a um like a giving back to like having it's the like other curatorial side. or something yeah. like of I, I feel like i noticed that now even with like stories or what have it's like oh it's like it takes like a click to like share my friend's cool thing so like let's yeah. do it i like the connection aspect of it and i'm sure you do too as you just wrote a book about compatibility Ooh, <laughs> the number one question of all time <laughs> who should i fuck <laughs> it's a very important question yeah and I, people um don't really understand compatibility you know they there's this misconception that like fire signs should only fuck other fire signs and like you know that some signs are good together or bad together the thing i hate the most is when i see like star ratings for compatibility oh i hate those like when it'll say like you know aries and cancer two stars it's like where did you come up with those stars like that's not how this works i hate star ratings (laughs) my book has no star ratings and i think except for when it hits the shelves Ah. Oh. <laughs> Except until it hits the shelves, the review. The You'll review. be getting yeah, a lot yeah. of star. Okay. <laughs> inside the book, there are no star ratings, but outside the book, it's it's only five, five stars. stars. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Compatible. It's very compatible with readers. <laughs> Everyone has five star compatibility with my book. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think what people really get confused about compatibility in astrology is that like some signs go better together than other signs do and that's just totally not the case I think when it comes to compatibility um when it comes to books like mine which are kind of like beginner's books that talk about sun sign stuff which is really important that's like the door into astrology the take on compatibility there is like let's talk about our strengths and weaknesses and how all of the signs can get along and how all the signs sometimes can fight and 
you know, how to flirt with that side you have a crush on. Like, those are all helpful things. And when we move beyond that, we're looking at two people's natal charts and we're comparing them to each other. Compatibility has nothing to do with signs and it has everything to do with planetary aspects. Mm. But even more so, forget about planetary aspects. It actually has to do with how mature the two people are. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, that goes whether, a long way. <laughs> yeah, whether or not they even really want to be in a relationship. Do they want to be in a relationship with each other? Like two people can have what looks on the surface to be like the worst compatibility and mm-hmm. have an amazing relationship because they really care about working on the relationship. And also, a lot of times what people call bad compatibility, in my opinion, is like the best compatibility. Mm. Like, I don't know about all of you, but the relationships I've been in where I've like read like, oh, this compatibility is bad. It's like, what do you mean? I have like the best sex with them and like we're like all over each other. And like those conflicts within the chart usually manifest as like spark in real life. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Compatibility is quote is too like good quote unquote then it's just a boring relationship where it's like everything is just you know like you're not really that into each other and like is there isn't any um, I'm not saying that conflict and drama is good but there needs to be some intrigue and there needs to be a conversation starter mm-hmm. if there's no spark it's like okay good morning all right bye like there's just no um, it's no like push, pushback too or like resistance yeah. to things mm-hmm. in some way. I also think it's similar to like um, when people talk about certain careers not being able to date each other like oh doctors can only date doctors or you know like in comedy it happens a lot like people say like I date a comedian and people say like oh I would never and I'm like well I would rather die than date a comedy fan like I would rather die (laughs) than date someone who's like I want to come to your show and meet Todd Glass or whatever like no thank you. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I've never dated another astrologer. Oh, and would you want most, to? No, I mean, most people, in the, <laughs> many people in the astrology community seem to be really excited about the idea of like, I want to meet someone who's into astrology and like, you know, there are plenty of astrologer couples out there. Ooh. It's just never happened to me. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship status right now? I am in, I am in a partnership. Oh. oh, can you reveal the sun sign of this partner? Yes, uh, he is a Gemini. Okay, Aries Gemini, classic combo. Have you dated Geminis prior to this Gemini? I really resisted dating Geminis for a long time because both of my parents are Geminis. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have a lot of friends who are Geminis, love them, but I, for a long time, it wasn't like, here's the thing, if I had met someone and was like oh my god they're so hot and I learned they were a Gemini I was not going to reject them because they were a Gemini mm-hmm. yeah. it's just that I never happened to really meet someone I was really into who was also a Gemini and I wasn't necessarily like searching out Geminis because both of my parents are Gemini so I don't know I was just kind of like I, I've had enough of that uh you know uh, lesson I guess you could say like yeah. in my life but then I met an amazing Gemini and so here we are what was it like growing up with four parents (laughs) (laughs) um you know it was it was it was great because there were books everywhere and that's how I learned astrology cool you know like we had we had books on absolutely everything there was media all over the house like uh, I got into astrology because there were astrology books at home for me to like flip through when I was bored so so that that was really cool But there was definitely like a lot of talking all the time, a lot of, you know, just the typical things that you think of when you think of Gemini. Like it was on one hand, uh, 
super, um, a really intellectual household. We did a lot of traveling. There was like a lot of uh, movement. But on the other hand, you know, there was a lot of movement and a lot of ideas, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah. That's cool. Oh. I, mean, I have two air sign parents too, and there's books everywhere. Uh, a lot of. You know, a lot of being the last kid at school, uh, you know, waiting <laughs> to get picked up, you know, a lot of, you know, time. I, I can't imagine those drive home <laughs> conversations when you're like, how's school? You're like, just leave me alone. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm definitely not shutting up. Yeah. <laughs> um, flipping through astrology books as like a baby Annabelle, did you like what age were you? When did it like, I guess like just a little background on like how you are or where you are now, like where, what was like the trajectory for you in astrology? Like from like yeah. kid fan to like teen, like sh- show me, let's, let's start a vignette. Sure. Here's the tour. So <laughs> I have a sister who is eight years older than me. And so when I was like in fourth grade and she was like a really cool high schooler, she and her best friend would come over and like they would do tarot and talk about astrology and like we would chant together sometimes. Like it was just an all around like witchy thing and they would let me hang out with them, which was fucking rad. You yeah, know? that's unique. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't hanging out with them all the time, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I would say a solid once a month, my sister would like invite me to like hang out while, you know, they were listening to music and like talking about this stuff. Whoa. And actually, my sister has always been interested in the occult, especially Edgar Cayce mm-hmm. and past lives in Atlantis. And some of my first memories are my sister sitting me down being like, okay, I'm going to try to hypnotize you right now so we can do a past life regression. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're, three, you're three or four years old, so that means you have a lot of access to your past lives. Whoa. Like, you know, look into my eyes and tell me what you remember about your past lives. And I just be like, I don't know. But like, you know, like that kind of thing. Wait, sorry. Um, what is your sister's sign? So my sister's a Sagittarius. Okay. And okay, here's another memory I have of being a kid. And she, you know, took, she was like, oh, come with me. I don't know if it was like in a bathroom or in a closet, but like some small space. She was like, come with me. I, we need to turn the lights off. I'm going to show you my true face when I turn the lights back on. <laughs> oh, my God. What would what it look like? like? What do you mean? And she's like, I'm actually an alien from another planet. And, you know, my sister has a like heavy <laughs> Neptune, a lot of Jupiter. Like, she just, she loves aliens. She loves the occult. She's like, I'm actually an alien from another planet. When I turn the lights back on, you're going to see my true face. Oh. I need you not to scream. Like, just be relaxed. Like, you're my sister. I have to share this with you. And I was like, all right, like, I'm... I'm tough. I can deal with this. Like, I'm <laughs> like, let's do it. And she turned the light on it and she was like, you know, looked the same and just like laughed at me. But like, that was, you know, forget about Gemini parents. That was Sag- Sagittarius sister. Whoa. So, you know, I was in fourth grade and, uh, she and her best friend, like, uh, were really into tarot. So I was really into tarot. Mm-hmm. And for my birthday in fourth grade, she and her best friend got me, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness double tape. Oh, yes. You know, the double. Oh, uh, we? Oh, we're here. Yes, double cassettes. (laughs) And then uh, uh, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill on cassette. Classic. Okay, also for our younger listeners, required listening is what you're hearing right now. It's a classic road trip album. Yes. And and the Rider Waite tarot deck. Those are my gifts. And I was like, I'm going to take these gifts and I'm going to make use of them. 
And at that point, I was already pretty into astrology, but I was I was in fourth grade, and like you know, like I couldn't really. It just I was I was into it and I loved it, but I didn't really have like access to the internet or like resources like all around me. But at that point in my life, I was starting to become more interested in like actually learning more about those things. And the weekend that Princess Diana died, Ugh. I was at a gift shop um, at a hotel after well watching cruise with my mom and there was a book on the Aries personality and I was like you know I'm an Aries I need this book I need to learn about me and I think that is part of the big appeal of astrology for a lot of people especially young people is like you just really want to learn about yourself and like a whole book just about you like fucking rules like mm-hmm. it's awesome you know that was there was nothing more I could have asked for as a kid it was like a tarot deck that was going to tell me who has a crush on me and this book about how like independent and fierce and like boss I am like that was great <laughs> um and then in fifth grade right so this was summer before fifth grade I got my first like Aries personality book and I was so into it so I asked my mom to please get me the Sydney Omar daily horoscope book so back in the day before Astro Guide before you could check your internet uh, you know check your horoscope on the internet you would buy books that had the daily horoscope for the entire year in the book. So Sydney Omar was one of those books. Mm-hmm. And for the new moon in Libra at the beginning of the school year, it said Aries, a new love or a new relationship or something like that is going to enter your life. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like I'm in fifth grade. I already <laughs> know everyone in my school. Like I don't have a crush on any of them. Like I don't, let's see if this astrology thing is really real. I don't think a new relationship is going to enter my life. And Lo and behold, that day I received my first love letter. Oh my god! I might have gotten a love letter before, but this was like my first, like fifth grade love letter, which is different from like a third grade. A little more graphic. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was was a little more like you know, like I'm deeply in love with you. We need to be together. Are you in it or not? Like you know, tell me how you feel. Like yeah. Yeah. Damn. you know, like leaving their phone number on the bottom with like a heart. Like I had never gotten a phone number before. So this is like my first phone number. Thank Whoa. you. So this, I was sold. I was like, this shit's real. You know, like it's like you can't mess with astrology. Like I'm in. So I spent the rest of the school year like really dutifully like memorizing what all of the glyphs for the planets and the signs were like super into it. And, um, uh, you know, for the, I would say like the next like, three or so years I loved astrology and witchcraft and was all about that section of the bookstore like I think a lot of us were but then in high school uh you know after I don't know like I just throughout high school like seeing the what religion was doing to you know the possibility of the women's right of a woman's right to choose being threatened and war and just seeing like how religious beliefs seem to really be a conflict against my my own values and mm-hmm. not just religious beliefs but I kind of also took that to mean like you know on the other end of the spectrum from organized religion there's things that are more woo-woo like astrology and tarot if I it would be hypocritical of me to have my values as like a feminist who doesn't want war and all and be into the woo-woo but not but I don't know this the whole thing didn't connect for me so I was like I have to reject anything spiritual or anything religious because my values are that like science is important and a woman's right to choose is important and like religion shouldn't get in the way um Mm. any of these things so you did like a flip yes exactly and it wasn't until 
after high school that I kind of got over that and realized that it wasn't an either or, or thing at all and that all of religion, whether or not it's organized, is a super beautiful and important thing. And it's like what the like it's it's a like it, it, like integral part of like human existence, you know, mm-hmm. is 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 religion and belief. And of course, there are atheists out there, but like throughout human history, like this has been such a, a major part. And that I didn't have to sacrifice any of my personal values just because I was interested in something like astrology or tarot or anything like that. So. When I was 18 or 19, I, my best friend and I decided to go to a ghost hunting meetup and I was there and I was like, I just need to realize that I fucking love this stuff. And from there I got back into witchcraft and I found, um, way more ways to learn about astrology just beyond books. And eventually, um, when I was 21, I met my teachers Anne Ortley and Mark Walls and I started studying with them. And since then, uh, I have just been just in the astrology community, taking every class I possibly could. And in 2009, um, I opened my business. And in 2013, I was finally able to uh, do astrology full time and not just part time. And here I am today with a book and Astro Guide. Cool. Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. I totally, I was sorry. I was just want to say, I wanted to go ghost hunting so many times. And like, I just need to go do it. Yeah. I was really moved by your, uh, real face story oh my god because i think that my brother pisces would have been done the same thing but then just turn the lights off and just like punch me in the stomach (laughs) well you see that's the thing when it comes to signs it's like it's not about the sign it's that neptune vibe you know and pisces is a neptune sign my my sister's a neptune person like they love fantasy Mm. I'm a Sag big sister. My sister <laughs> is like seven years younger than me too. So I related on the other side where I was like, oh, I'm for sure would have done that <laughs> or did something like that. Um, I also have Neptune like exactly conjunct my IC. And so I did a lot of uh, like pretending, like making up stories that I was an alien. I never thought I was an alien, but I would just have these like elaborate uh, like make-believe uh character arcs where i'd just be like a secret like i'm a secret person in this way or whatever but Mm -hmm. that's a childhood trauma one i used to to just tell people that i had a twin sister that died and it wasn't true oh my god and i don't know what placement that is but that is what i used to do all the time i used to tell people what what planet rules your third house cancer well then we have to look at your moon and see what the moon's condition is and then that will give us more insight into why you came up with this. Uh, why? Moon, okay. moon is also in yeah. your third house, right? It might be. Leo might be my third. Oh, yeah, because you're 12. Yeah. You know, we'll have to look. I related hard, though, to um, your kind of conflict about astrology and religion. And if you believe in one thing, then believe then because I get I get that line of thought, especially if you're a teenager, because I think I had something similar. My my dad used to be a pastor and both my parents were like religion majors in college, very intellectual about it. But still um, that idea of associating like, oh, people who believe in religion are kind of like not all the way with it. Or like, you know, there's some kind of thing that's like, oh, you can't embrace that and be realistic about how the world is and like that kind of thing. Yeah, that was definitely my, that was the misinterpretation I had. And I think a lot of young people go through that. 
but then yeah. I got I got past it. Well, I think, and you referred to it in your in your book, in like the introduction about it of of astrology being a tool, not a religion. And I think that kind of understanding, especially when you get older and and use astrology, that it is more of a thing that you are like. It's not a thing that you are replacing God with or whatever. It's a a tool for being maximizing efficiency and you know connecting with people and understanding and all of those things. And that's not a that's not something that is worth uh, like poo pooing or whatever. That's yeah, something that everyone should use. Yes, thank you. And I also have to say, as a writer, whenever someone says they've read the in- introduction, I just get tingles all over my body. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, I'm gonna make a writer happy. Say that. Yes. Well, <laughs> I also like. I spent a lot of time like writing down uh, really selfish questions, and then at the end, I realized that they were all kind of the same question over and over um, that I wanted to ask you. And I think it might be uh, in this vein of what we're talking about right now. But what do you, what would you say like to someone who feels? Like right now, I'm like, everything I see in my natal chart, I'm like, oh, that's not right. Like that, I don't feel that. I don't like it. Like, and sometimes I'm like, I love this. This is exactly who I am. Like, what would you say to those people that are in a time where they're like, this isn't working for me right now? How do you reclaim it? Well, I don't, don't push it too hard. Um, find different interpretations for what you're looking at. Like everything that's in a chart and what it means was invented by people. Like no god or goddess came down to us and told us what these things mean. So anything you're reading about your chart where you're like, this doesn't resonate, it's because someone wrote something about those things that just don't make sense to you. And I'm not saying that like, oh, you know, cherry cherry pick your, you know, interpretations because maybe it's important that you read an interpretation you don't agree with. Maybe it's an aspect of yourself that you um, need a different perspective on. But the other thing is that all of, all of these astrology books were written by people. So find astrologers that you like. There's also so many different branches of astrology. You might be reading some modern uh, astrology books that are much more um, in the psychological astrology vein. And maybe those really don't resonate with you. But what you read in a traditional text really might. Or maybe the traditional stuff really doesn't work for you. But maybe, um, you know, mundane astrology and, and using astrology more for examining uh, the political and social and environment is more inspiring to you than learning about your natal chart. Like for some people learning about what their moon signs about is meaning this is meaningless to them, but looking at, you know, financial astrology is like super inspiring. And like, that's, that's the kind of astrology they'll end up falling in love with. So there's so many different branches. There's so many different interpretations if you're interested in it, keep on pursuing it because there's so many ways to look at astrology. But also, if you're not, then just forget about astrology and move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's more my own notions that I have than than other people. Because usually when I read other people's work, I'm like, oh, they're so much smarter than me. Uh, but when I look at it myself, I'm like, oh, you're a dumb idiot and you don't even know how to read your own chart. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's this like saying that you should never give a tarot reading to, for yourself. And I don't really think that's true because I think that's really how you end up practicing is by giving readings to yourself. But that can also be extended to astrology, which is that half the fun of astrology is like sitting back and giving someone else a chart and being like, talk to me about me. Like mm-hmm. that is what's awesome about astrology. So don't feel pressured to like read your own chart, get other people to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people like the, mo- not, not all the time, but I think that that is like, especially if people don't know that much about astrology, that is like what they want 
when they ask you like, oh, I'm a Pisces, tell me about it. Like mm-hmm. what they want is like for you to just tell them about themselves in ways that they're like, ooh, this is fun. Like, yeah, you know? and it's important. Like, like storytelling and like that is, uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't even know how to like verbalize what it is I'm thinking right now, but going back to like dragging your little sister into a dark room to tell them that you're going to show them your true face, like that kind of like, storytelling and like playfulness you we can really like rediscover it in astrology and with like the storytelling tool that it is you know like we can have fun and be like oh julia you have neptune on the ic like what alien planet are you from like let's let's dream this up you have do you have neptune in capricorn Mm -hmm. like you must come from a planet with a lot of like high rocky peaks like there must you must be from a place of goat people like we can like (laughs) riff on that and that's it's like so fucking fun and like we need to have that kind of fun in our lives and it is fun to talk about yourself. Yeah. I think using the term story is really um, like appropriate too, because that is something that I think that we all, whether we're conscious of it or not, like look for in the world. And I think having your natal chart be like, oh, this is a story about me kind of gives you like, oh, this is like the book about your life or the movie. And if we were watching it, here's like the arc that you, you went on to get you to this place. And it kind of gives it this more like, um, like theatrical maybe, but also just like we, that's why religion exists too, is like we like stories about things. We like watching, you know, the same 10 stories and movies told a bunch of different ways because it teaches us things about being human. Mm-hmm. So having that as our own is like really a cool concept. I think it also allows us to like um, say something about someone without talking about their behavior or something they're doing. Like, it, those things that might be uncomfortable to say are much easier to say if you're like, yeah, it's just because you're Saturn, you know, <laughs> instead of like because you walked in here in a bad mood is like much harder to address. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are easier to let it go and not get defensive when we talk about those hard things. And also just hearing people. I think like kind of going off of your like initial question of like maybe not relating to things or what have you, it's like, well, the tropes of astrology are like cancers cry and you know virgos are clean and it's like that's so simple it's like too simple um and that was a question i actually had for you being an aries um do you have i feel like there's just i i think aries is such the stereotype of like starter like fierce like in your face and then i'll meet aries people who are like i'm not that or i'm not this like do you have any like aries myth busting from your like uh experience being in aries that you think what do what should people know about aries that they might not know all right okay i'm gonna answer that question but i want to rewind it a little bit yes and i will say that um i totally understand what you're saying lisa but i would never recommend that people blame anything on a chart for bad behavior. It's better to talk about it honestly and confront the situation rather than say, oh, well, you're a Gemini, so you can't stop talking, or that person is a Taurus, that's why they're so stubborn. I don't think that's the best way to use astrology, even though it ends up getting used that way, and sometimes it can be helpful. I always try to help people, like if I'm giving someone a consultation and they're getting the birth chart read, it's like, let's figure out a way for you to talk about these things so you're not blaming anything on planets or signs, but we're fixing things with the planets and signs. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that, yes, we take plenty of selfies and there are plenty of ways to be like self-centered in the world, but I think it says something about how humble we try to be 
as like as humankind by the fact that what other methods do we have to talk about our, ourselves all day other than astrology? Mm-hmm. Like we really don't have that many other outlets. Like it's there's still a stigma about going to therapy and talking to your about yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost like the only ways that we have to like be self-involved is like through the physical form by mm-hmm. like through like vanity and stuff like that. But and and I think that has its benefits and its minuses. But like we need to also have reflections on like what's going on inside of us and like yeah. a mirror not just for the outside but for the inside and that's what astrology brings i think it allows us an entry point that isn't personal in order to get somewhere that can be does that make sense mm-hmm. it's extremely personal but it's not personal in the sense that these are these i don't want to say made up but in some ways these uh, created archetypes, these seemingly random planets right. that we are, we are not the planets. So it is this impersonal way to get extremely personal. And there's, you know, of course this occult saying that, you know, as above, so below, which is, and which is that like what is out around us and outside of us is also reflected in, inside of us, which is how astrology works. Right. So if there's a certain alignment, it's also happening within you. But that's just an occult thing, you know? Like, yeah. There's mm-hmm. another way you could look at it is that this is all meaningless chaos. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, and that goes with, like, I think we've talked about this before of, like, how so many people can find astrology as small talk or whatever when it's, like, maybe the most complete opposite thing yeah, in the yeah. world. It's like, no, I want to know what your mother's like. <laughs> yes. I think it's amazing that astrology is both ext- an extremely deep conversation to have with someone, but, but it can also be small talk. Mm-hmm. And it can be the bridge to either. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, well, it's just not offensive or not, yeah. it's not attack. Like, you don't feel like you're being attacked or something. You just feel like you're like, oh, yeah, it's because my moon. <laughs> like, not a, that you're blaming it, but, no, you, but it's that you're easy for a, you to, I don't know. Yeah, you're speaking a, a, a shared language about something. And so it's not like, oh, this is a defect with me personally, Julia. This is a character quality that I share with this legacy of other people that have these placements. And so I'm part of a larger, I'm part of something larger as opposed to like there's something wrong with me, the individual. Yeah, it allows, mm-hmm. allows yeah. you not to blame yourself or something. Well, I think it's interesting that, that astrology kind of, especially now, like you were saying, like still with stigma around therapy or whatever, that astrology kind of gets lumped in with like self-help um kind of like practices and just that idea that it's like oh like someone who needs help reflects on themselves as opposed to Mm -hmm. like what you were saying where it's like oh no actually like we should all be reflecting on ourselves all the fucking time because it's like this is the only home that we have this is the only you you're ever gonna be so like of course you should be checking in with it. It's like your, your home, your car, your anything. Like you don't just someone, someone who cares about their car running smoothly all the time, isn't a fucking idiot. So why would (laughs) someone who thinks about their mental health all the time be dumb, you know? Yeah. Well, it helps you hit and not hit other cars. (laughs) Going to Aries. Aries is right. The sign that's like, Oh, like all bossy and like dominant and everything like that. Probably one of the biggest mis- misinterpretations of Aries, especially if you read my book, The Astrology of Love and Sex, <laughs> you know, any, anyone of any sign can be dominant or submissive in bed. It's, you know, it's not because of your sun sign that you're going to be one or the either. But in, in very general, Aries people, the Aries archetype is so on 24-7 that in bed – 
very often they will be submissive or more passive because that is their time to connect with themselves physically and mm. to um, and to enjoy themselves. Interpretation for sure for Aries is that they're like because they're super dominant in the world, they must be super dominant in bed. But that's not true. Very many of them are submissive or simply pillow princesses. Is that the term? Oh, oh, oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. That's the term. Being, my my brain is not working. So. Um, <laughs> Will, will be submissive or at the very least just like being lazy in bed and just enjoying themselves. And something that people might just notice in life in general is very often the people you date who are super dominant in bed are like really quiet in their everyday life. And the people who are really dominant in everyday life are like super like, you know, like want to want to be on the re receiving end or a little more submissive in bed. Oh. I think that's a great segue into talking more about your book, kind of back to compatibility stuff, because I think that like the misconception that like only you should be with people of the same element and that because to me I'm thinking of my boyfriend's Aries um, and did that check out <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend's also an Aries and not but yeah I was gonna say not, not for him he's he's active yeah but the idea of like where you are um very much a leader in a lot of places what you would be craving in a partnership would be someone to pick up slack where you don't want to be a leader or like where you are um maybe like you need a break from always being in charge so if you are with someone who's the same as you then you probably have similar places where you need someone to kind of like hold you so you both have that empty spot that that can't and be I held think you scott know? does have certain things where i'm he definitely likes you know to yeah, take a backseat in other places in life. Should I read the excerpt um, from the book where I discuss Aries being dominant and submissive? Yeah. 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 All right. This is a preview, y'all. This is page 28. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aries is very dominant in their everyday life. So surprisingly, in the bedroom, they often appreciate being able to give the power to someone else taking a more submissive role. A submissive ram is likely to have a bratty side, while a dominant Aries enjoys being the boss or being royalty, or even being a caretaker in some way. Whatever the role, they'll make you remember that they're in charge. So that's the other thing. It's like, you know, submissive or dominant, Aries is still in charge. Well, yeah. That, yeah, it's the same. It's just another side of the same coin. It still is like it's a, I'm. It's a power bottom, yeah, if you will. Or I, yeah, you're still <laughs> setting the terms, because it. Is, but it's like, this is what I want to be treated like. So I either want to be the one dominating or I'm being dominated, which is still like a decision about how to how the mood is going to go. But that'd be tight if we had like a library, like a, a what's your sign library that you'd like go to and be like, oh, it's here. Like we just t check it out of the library. Whoa. <laughs> An astrology resource center. There must and be some. And then you could like open the inside cover and see who borrowed it before you. You could be yes. like, oh my god. I miss that. That was like the that was Venmo before yeah. Venmo. <laughs> For real. Um, uh, you mentioned earlier on in our chat about compatibility and like aspects in charts. Did you mean like the aspects within one owns chart? Like maybe how like your Venus and Mars are interacting? Or are you? Or are you speaking more of like the aspects like of a both. the two charts together or both? Yes, both. So the aspects in your own chart are going to tell you so much about intimacy in your own life. And then the aspects that your chart makes to another is going to be really important. And then even if you combine your two charts and make a composite chart, that's also going to be important. The thing is, it's it's. I don't want to like poo-poo sun sign astrology and say like, oh, you really have to look at the um, two charts together to like have all the information because 
something that I've learned as an astrologer is that we, um, we tend to forget how like the simple things like simply sun signs can also just tell you so much mm-hmm. and that not every single moment of your life needs to be this deep conversation about the entire birth chart. And that simply by looking at the sun signs and considering the relationship that the two signs are in, in relationship to each other on the Zodiac wheel is already going to give you so much information that you can spend months or years unpacking, you know, like that in of itself is its own universe to explore. I loved that you put that in there at the beginning of the book about kind of just the general overview of like this many signs away is going to be the, this type of relationship. I thought that was really helpful, especially if this is some, if if you're reading this as a beginner and not sure about any of the other, if you're getting, you know, kind of scared when you see Venus, aspected or whatever you know those kinds of terminology I think this was a really cool way to set that up so that's on page 10 in the how does compatibility work section and if you know as it says here the sign before you on the wheel teaches you to trust your intuition and explore your shadow side while the sign ahead of you teaches you about self-worth and security like that just thinking about the relationships of the signs to each other that in itself is is really something amazing that you can explore and that's what this book explores yeah, I thought it was really cool is like the because, you know, the more you learn about astrology, the more you learn that it's more nuanced and you can't exactly what you're talking about, the kind of misconceptions of like, yeah, dating the sign that's the same element as you is is, is one thing, but it's not the all of it. But I thought, again, with like the way you set it up that way with the distance between them, but also thinking about like simplifying it too that it's like, yeah, here's an example of how like the potential trajectory or like the type of relationship you're going to have with someone of this sun sign and then the the rest of your natal chart being and or your composite charts or any other kind of like specifics for you is like oh and here's the how you get to this end point here's the mechanics within this thing but this is the blueprint for what you're building what tools you use and how what what products that you the building materials is like in your chart but here's an idea if you're interested in building this kind of house here's you know this is what you would be building with this person potentially yeah I recently heard someone describing it as an onion where it's like however you slice it, there's going to be like a hundred different pieces that are different shapes or, you know, they're all like within each other. And I think that's a really good um, metaphor just because it's already a circle too. Yeah. So So like like if you, I don't know, just thinking about slicing an onion, I don't know, grew up in restaurants. What can I say? (laughs) Well, even going with like touching on that, like from what we've been learning too, just seeing like the signs sequentially like take and borrow from each other. Like you just kind of see this like piggyback of like, like a cancer to Leo's like they do have like this like pride and home. And yeah, like just seeing the progression of the sign where it's like, oh, it's like we're all it. Like we all have it. It's just like, playing well with others basically (laughs) or like learning to try to play as well with others as best as you can yeah how do you feel about um the how do you feel about modern astrology versus traditional astrology i'm on a real traditional tip right now and you not not are the reason but you posted something the other day that like fanned this flame which is the the seven planets it being exactly in the wheel that it's like yeah everything lines up in the circle and 
all this how do you how do you feel about all of it (laughs) (laughs) so one of a memory of mine from high school that I'll never forget was hanging out with this really hot skater who's was really high and spent (laughs) a half hour explaining this concept to me about skating that I only let him continue talking because he was so sexy you know, he was like so hot, but Been like, there. He, was, he was just going on and on forever. But I always think back on this when people ask me about traditional astrology. So this guy was like, you know, when you know the basics of skating, you can do any kind of trick. Just like when you're an artist, if you know the basics of shadow and light, you can draw anything. And we've all heard that analogy before, but like he like really droned on about it for, the, for like an hour. And that's <laughs> exactly how I feel about traditional astrology. Like if you know the base, if you know what the foundation of where astrology came from and the reason why we've gotten to where we are today, like it's when you start at the beginning, that just helps you with all the newer stuff. Um, I don't know why I went to that segue, but it's just, no, that's, it. that's what I think of when people ask me, like, what do you think about traditional astrology? I just want to be like, well, you know, if you know the root, then like, you can get to like the flower, like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, I think I it totally it. makes sense. From my Aries, start at the beginning, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> and I love modern astrology. I, um, I really love like the psychological branch of astrology that really kind of bloomed in like the eighties and the nineties. But I think a lot of it is already extremely outdated. And I'm so excited to see how astrologers of today are going to take that modern astrology and like make it even more modern. But I, but traditional astrology is like the, is, is a critical part of astrology that everyone should know. And even if you decide not to study it extremely in depth, it it should be a part of your foundation of learning astrology before you move on to other things. I think that there's a big problem with astrology in general now that it's become really popular is that people go from sun sign memes, which is like the doorway, all the way to like the hardest part (laughs) of astrology because it's so easy to find. Mm -hmm. But they miss all the middle stuff of really understanding things like aspects and planets in houses and kind of just like that it's like people are going from beginner to advanced and really skipping a lot of the intermediate and I think my advice to people at home is traditional or modern are not any better than the other but definitely start with like the older make sure you understand the older stuff in addition to the newer stuff and don't forget about the intermediate like there's really important information there and your advanced astrology techniques are not going to have any foundation if you don't have the intermediate even if you think you have it because you you know i don't know you know what I yeah mean. well yeah, you can like, like if you skipped cancer and leo and then you were like i know them all mm-hmm. i know all 12 mm-hmm. you know like well it's like you can know. hang out more i think and and it depends on like i mean i'm aries moon child so i'm like whiz through it like i want to know like tell me like a little bit about everything and like let's keep moving but it's like oh you can go back and return to just like the whole blueprint and like go back to your venus and go back to your house places go back to the like you're gonna see something new probably that you haven't seen before or if you get read by different people or like I don't know just expand that they're gonna pick up things that you might not see in these kind of like basic things like well I know that I know my moon's this I know my rising's this like boring yeah. boring move on going back to an analogy if you really understand these core concepts of astrology like the signs the houses the aspects the elements like if you really understand all of those basic things but you understand them in a way which isn't so basic because you've really studied it 
then you're able to do all these amazing tricks with astrology and to come Mm -hmm. up with like amazing inventive ideas. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what being passionate about a subject is all about is taking the time to learn the boring stuff like shadow and light so that you can do crazy abstract things with it later. Well, it's like ideas of like, yeah, if you understand what, like I'm thinking, I like, I like that analogy so much because it is like that where it's like, there are things, if you understand uh, like basics, you could say a bunch about a chart without even knowing what sign things are. And if you just know like what hemispheres these planets are in and that, or if you just see th- like that tells you something without even knowing what signs you're talking about and then putting the lens, obviously you start with the signs, you know, but even just like ideas of, of those kinds of things where it's like, there's so much to be gleaned just from that. And not, that's not even putting on the specificities of what house it's in and what sign it's in and how those are interacting with each other. And that like, just the idea of squares in and of themselves are already information not then then once once you keep putting on more and more and more information it's like that's plenty you don't even need to talk you could talk about one aspect for so long how could you even think about like who cares about what an asteroid's doing like you could talk (laughs) about this for for days there's so many different implications and things like that so how do we feel about uh or, or does this play much into your astrology world with like uh, just chart shapes in general? Do you get a lot of information from looking at just the overall shape of someone's chart and like these buckets and seesaws and what have you? Or is that like, meh, not for me? You know, that was one of those things that I had a lot of fun learning and was really excited about when I first started studying astrology. And my teacher, Ann Ortley, um, I took an amazing class with her on it, but it's one of those things that never comes up for me in consultations and I end up never really thinking about it. But I think that's just like my own like personal quirk. Like I think everyone has things that they zero in on when they're looking at a chart and that's not really one that I've uh, become too attached to, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know it will probably be different for like every individual person you would read a chart, but do you have like is, is there a first go-to when you are meeting with something? Is there a part of someone's chart that's more important? So here is my rule. I don't read anyone's birth chart ever unless they have a specific question for me, either Ooh. about their birth chart or about their life. If they have, if they don't have either of them, I'm not going to look at their chart. I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. I'm not even going to look at it for me because I'm interested in getting to know the person. I don't care about their birth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's something I really want to know about my relationship with them, I'm going to probably look at my chart because everything we need to know about someone else is already in our own charts. Anyway, mm-hmm. everyone you ever meet is in your chart somehow. So, um, I period do not look at a chart unless someone has a question. And if they have a question, I will zero in on what their question is referring to. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone wants to know, um, how they're going to become famous then I know I'm probably going to look at the big three, like the sun, moon, and rising, but I'm also definitely going to examine the midheaven. I'm going to see what planet rules the midheaven, and I want to see which planet makes the tightest aspect to the midheaven. That's something that um, if people are interested in that, reading Jackie Slevin's book on success in the horoscope would illuminate everything they might want to learn about that. Um, So I'll look at the midheaven, and I'll see what planet's aspect in the midheaven, and I'll have a conversation with them based on that. If they want to know about relationships, I'll look at the seventh house. I'll look at the seventh house ruler. I'll see what um, aspect the seventh house ruler is making to the ascendant ruler and to the sun and the moon and Venus. And we'll go from there. So Mm -hmm. it depends on why the person wants to see me. And if someone books a reading with me and they're like, I don't know anything about astrology. I just want to listen to you talk. Then 
I will probably insist that they come up with a reason. And I'll be like, that's, you know, I don't know why you spent that much money just to listen to me ramble. Please have a reason <laughs> for being here. Do it for me. We'll come up with something. But if they don't, I'll just start with the super duper basics. I'll tell you what your sun means, what your moon means, and what your rising means. And eventually they will tell me something of importance so that I can give them something of importance. Right on. I love that. Aside from your fifth grade love letter, um, <laughs> have you ever like planned something based on a transit that you see upcoming or have you ever had something really faded happen that you were like, oh, that's totally this? That happens all the time. Nothing huge, though. No, no um, weddings, I divorces. There's one that like really sticks out. Um, I don't think anything's really coming to me right now. That's good. It probably means it wasn't dramatic. <laughs> um, the app. What do we need to know about Astro Guide? What is it like? Why do we need this? What is this thing? So Astro Guide is our new app. We're super proud of it. There's a pro version that has all kinds of amazing horoscopes in it that you all should check out. There's a compatibility wheel. We do lunar horoscopes for your moon sign. There's rising sign horoscopes. You can get scopes for your crush, crushes and your friends. And it's just so much, it's really awesome. We've like poured so much love into it and I'm really proud of it. So please download it and check it out if you have an iPhone and are in the U.S. Yeah, and you know Ooh, you yeah. you know you need that pro version, baby. You got to <laughs> get all this stuff. I mean, might this as well. Like, what if CoStar was actually good? <laughs> <laughs> Shots. We're, we're allowed to say it. Yeah, we, well, around. yeah, you didn't say it. We said it. Yeah. Also, um, this is uh, for entertainment purposes yeah, I'm, only. I'm a comedian. It's fine. We are not <laughs> doctors. Joking. What do you think about like? no not that i had something else that i wrote down that i thought was really cool going back to your book um i thought your inclusion of a discussion about consent was really um like apropos but also really appropriate in terms of like what we're dealing with one just because it's like a conversation that's being had on i think in any kind of discussion about sex and and um dating and all of that stuff but something that i thought of that i think because people ask about compatibility so much and like oh should i get my crush's chart like i'm going on a date should, like should i ask him for his birth time right away like all of these these ideas about also like I don't know if like reverse consent is the right way to say it, but like the idea of um, I'll gender it and say like, I know like women often are kind of, I feel like relegated to getting into astrology and compatibility because we aren't assured that like having a discussion with someone is going to like net results or like uh, avoiding possible like treachery or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I like that, avoiding possible treachery. <laughs> That's something that we definitely have to worry about, avoiding possible treachery. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing. With, like, getting someone who you're into, like, birth time, you know, everyone is going to have their own experience with that. I, I personally never ask what someone's sun sign or birth time is, partially because I want to respect their privacy but partially because I know that they'll be really curious as to why an astrologer doesn't want to know their birthday. Mm. And that in and of itself is a seduction technique. So Ooh. keep that there. If mm -hmm. you love astrology and it's loud and clear all over your social media and you're dating someone and you've never asked them for their birth time or their sign, they're going to be a little bit curious as to why. Mm -hmm. So yeah. playing games, 
We don't like to play games, but if you feel like playing a game, that's a good game to play. It's not asking for the birth data. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, you can having someone's birth chart and sharing it with other people. In my opinion, that is your that that you really need to make sure you have consent if you're going to share someone your your crush's data with like the internet, like posting it online, being like, "Give me advice on what you think this chart looks like." Like that's that's not cool. Like don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find yourself receiving someone's birth information and using it as a way to manipulate the relationship, I have news for you. Your relationship probably isn't going to work. And it's not because you haven't read the chart well enough. It's because if that is your means of, con- of, of seeming to have control, there's other things going on much deeper that you have to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you should never really need to consult a birth chart to figure out how to make things work between you and the other person. It can be a really helpful guide and reflective tool for the both of you, but it shouldn't be like your end all like way to like figure out like, this is how I'm going to like make them mine. You are mine now. Like that should not be what it's about. And like in my book, I have a lot of like ways to like seduce someone and flirt with someone. And I think that we love being seduced. And we love being flirted with as long as we're into the person, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And in those cases, like, it's totally great and it's normal and, like, that's fine. But my um, paragraph about consent or the little section about consent wasn't just about, like, reminding people of how they should behave with others consensually, but also just keeping in mind that, like, whenever young – like, whenever, like – I mean, people of any age, like, open my book, but I was kind of, like, specifically thinking, like, college-age people who are, like, having sex and, like, dating, like, and, and being out there in the world as young people, but just, not just young people, anyone of any age. I wanted this little section to be, like, a reminder of, like, you have, you're allowed to have boundaries. Like, this isn't just about asking for consent. This is also about being confident in your boundaries and being reminded and being empowered at every turn in your, in your love life and in your relationships to feel that, that feeling of like, no, like you, like, don't, don't play that seduction game on me just because you read I'm a Pisces. Like, you don't know that's what I really like. Like, you need to get to know me. Don't just listen to what a book said. Like, have an actual conversation with me. Pay attention to what I said I want. Damn. So it's, yeah. the ways. it's not just about asking for consent, but it's also about being empowered in every moment to, um, to be firm in your boundaries and to have that, um, confidence and, and, um, empowerment yeah i also don't think that it's a fair expectation to put on someone else to say you will behave this way or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like before you even know how they how they do their shit and that's why people who haters on astrology are like what so every leo's the same you know like that's like those things of like pinning people into like an archetype it's like no i'm just like I'm just social sampling and like getting to know people, but like we're all like very like we are we have variables, and we can grow in and out of things. I feel like in our charts too, or some things aren't like re- we're not ready to even like know about it yet, and it's yeah. just like you just have to like like I think you said it before is mature like mature and be willing to like access those things. Well, and it's like the I think you also like literally say this in. <clears throat> part of like the explanation of like yeah just because you're into astrology doesn't mean that all of a sudden you like get rid of all 
knowledge or like rational thinking or whatever. Not to say that astrology is irrational, but it's like but some people can they treat it, like, it, yeah, can they treat it that way. Where take your life. Yeah, it's like yeah. I still like if you if you tell me that you are a Pisces and you're not this, it's like yeah, I'm still gonna use what's in front of my eyes. I'm not gonna be like no, you're wrong. You are this thing. I, it doesn't matter what you're telling me or showing me right. or what my lived experience teaches me. I know that this is you're a Pisces and so you do drugs like that. You don't you know. Like, yeah, you don't get rid of all your the fucking, facts. Yeah, like you still. I think you, again, you say it like your lived experience is the most. You can't tell anybody something that they don't know because they're living it. Like you know more about it than me. Like, well, I think it's also about learning how to apply those things. Where, with your Pisces example, you know, uh, you do drugs and then you meet you meet a Pisces that you know isn't into that at all. They're super straight edge, but they have like a super active dream life. And that's like redefining what what that ether thing is to you and what like the way you think of Pisces and, and 12th house stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I have the game, but yeah. before we game, cl- do we have any Closing any remarks. anything we should know? Any any. Yeah, we'll put links to everything. My compatibility book. Don't just read for your sun sign, but check out your moon sign. Check out every sign because all these signs are in your chart somewhere and there Mm. might be times in your life where you're really feeling your venus you're really feeling your mars so like read the chapter for that because all 12 signs are within us and at different times in our life we're going to really be in those spaces so don't just look at this book as oh there's only one chapter about me and just one compatibility section for me and my crush like this whole book is about different aspects of yourself yeah I think it can be also used as just like a shorthand for like compatibility with yourself or like oh what's this what's this thing that I'm experiencing is there a transit happening in my in my Mars and how am I to understand this energy and how it interacts with people not even like necessarily in a romantic thing but like oh how do I get along with my coworkers when this when this transit is happening and I'm going to be kind of edgy and that like how how might those things interact I think just having a guide that's that is really comprehensive about just each each sign and how they interact with each other is a great thing to have around for all the time yeah I agree so get Annabelle's book The Astrology of Love and Sex download the app follow her on all the things we'll link everything but we're playing a little game it's called Mary Fuck Kill uh, we have the combinations of your sun and moon and also your sun and rising signs. Two rounds, three individuals per round. Are you ready? Sure. All right. We have the Aries, sun, Scorpio, moon folks up first. And I mean, wow, this is a stacked celebrity lineup. Many to pick from. But we're going to do Mariah Carey, Lady Gaga, and Warren Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know who Warren Beatty is. I th- I was wondering. I was afraid. Do you have an alt? I have like, sh- how Shannon Doherty. Nine hundred two one zero. Yeah. I mean. Or, or Martin Lawrence. Uh okay. I would. I would definitely fuck Shannon Doherty. Okay, okay. Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty's Charmed, in play. Charmed head. Yeah, and I would. <laughs> uh, uh, I would marry Mariah Carey. Oh. Okay. Why? Why? What? Why? I think she's just the best. That she's voice. Fun. <laughs> you see you every night. Our our collection of like you know um, stuffed animals. Oh my god! Oh my god. 
There was an episode of her MTV Cribs where she showed her like lingerie closet that had butterfly wallpaper. And I've I've had that's been like goals since I saw that. So I would love to also just get my hands, get my filthy paws on them silky draws. Maybe. <laughs> she, I think so she really has a stuffed animal collection, actually. I'm not sure why I said that, but I think I think I remember that from that Cribs. I'm sure she does. That Cribs was that really. Sounds right. You guys, she has in her rider that she cannot be seen in public in overhead lighting unless she has sunglasses. I love that. That's oh, amazing. That's that's wife material. Yes, one hundred. So uh, I'm also very careful with my words. I don't like playing fuck Mary Kill. If people listen to my old podcast, The Serpent Cast, I refuse to ever say kill. I would make up something else because I don't like to um, wish bad things on people. I'm very, I really believe uh, words manifest things. So I would, I would um, avoid. That's what they say in the UK. They they play in the UK. They play snog Mary avoid. I would avoid Lady Gaga. All right. <laughs> we also play another version that's called what? Fuck cancel? Mary, quit comedy. Cancel <laughs> or what was it? Stan cancel. Stan cancel something else. Uh, all right. Okay. I mean, I think I don't. I'm know. I'm definitely killing Lady Gaga. I mean, that was like easiest part for mm. me. I don't know. I think I'm doing the same. Same, tr- same same combo. Yeah, I mean, I love. Look, I love Gaga, um, but I do have more of a relationship with Shannon Doherty. Uh, loved mm. Nine Hundred Two One Zero, loved Heather's, loved Charmed, um, and you know, Shannon's been through some shit. You know, she has. She also has started a lot of shit. Like, granted, yeah, Shannon Doherty, Gaga. I just don't really see her as an Aries Sun Scorpio Moon icon. I, I, Lady Gaga's fine. I'm a little bit suspect of any like white woman who talks about bullying a lot. I'm like, mm, I mean, she, bully? We're she not sure. I mean, she is a, I, I'm going to fuck Lady Gaga because she's queer icon. I want to be in that bedroom. I want to see who was invited. I don't think it's just going to be her. I think there's going to be more people at play. No I'm way. Gonna, oh, yes. No way. Y'all are I haters. I'm here I, for yeah, Gaga. I, I just think, I think someone, I think it's exactly what we're talking about. It's this Aries thing of like, I am very creative and avant-garde and out there in my life. And so my bedroom is fucking boring. Mm, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I'll probably marry Mariah for those same reasons. But also, are you going to have sex with Lady Gaga and that egg she came into the <laughs> Her, video her, her yoni. Only, <laughs> I do like Lady Gaga because she has horses. I, will I like say that. that. Oh. As a Taurus, I stand that meat dress. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'll probably have to cancel Shannon Doherty just because, like, I mean, I love her, but it's been a while. I don't know. We fell off. I mean, we just honest, fell off. Shannon Doherty is kind of canceled. I like that we're also let's change it to cancel. That's cancel fun. Stan, and then and I then like sh- boink. Um, uh, and then they're next up. Aries Sun Capricorn Rising, your big three twin. He could have been in the last round, but he's in this one. Francis Ford Coppola. This one might be. There wasn't as many good ones that I could find, but Tommy Hilfiger. Okay. <laughs> and then um christopher maloney you guys would recognize oh, him yeah law and order you guys know you. christopher maloney huge fan i will I'm marry him avoiding him <laughs> avoid, avoid all voids they're all avoids i guess i'm the only iconic aries with the capricorn i think yeah. <laughs> well, ellen barkin was in this mix but i was like i didn't know everyone's familiarity with her but now drop dead gorgeous is now on hulu so get to know her if get you don't to know her, her. 
do y'all I love it I love are you fucking any of these yeah I Christopher Maloney I'll marry and I will avoid hill figure yeah I'm gonna avoid hill (laughs) figure yeah I guess I'm just I guess I'm the same rich hill it would be different who his son uh (laughs) the rapper remember his daughters had that show just about being rich no yeah it was like an mtv show they were just like we're rich wasn't it called like rich girl i think it was called (laughs) (laughs) back on mtv baby no i think i think i'm fucking francis i'm the wine i mean i mean yeah he also i don't know made a little film called the fucking godfather (laughs) i don't know anyone care um (laughs) his winery is really cool yeah yeah Yeah. i I went there with ann ortley we had an amazing time Oh, what a dream. I think I'm going to marry Fran Ford just for the winery. Sure. And probably fuck Maloney. And fuck Maloney because he's hot. And he was. I'll marry him for the winery. Okay. (laughs) And then Hilfiger. I don't like your clothes. You canceled. Goodbye. Also, again. I don't think we need to cancel Tommy Hilfiger. When was the last time yeah, you saw yeah. a fucking flag on oh, the no, shirt? You know, <laughs> he was. He did something. Maybe it'll be like oh, a retro something. thing he that comes was back. Racist or something Ooh, for sure. Canceled. That, yeah, he's already canceled. It Bye, is canceled. for sure a retro thing. Uh, did we ever talk about that show, Slobby's World? On, yes, I know about Slobby Robbie. People love nineties nostalgia. Yeah, Hilfiger true. Abs- Never mind. I took it. I take it back. Hilfiger. I actually have seen like on an Urban Outfitters website mm, like, throwback, like ironic core. It's yeah, back. She's but. back, baby. Anyways, enough about that. Um, where your what date does your book come out? It comes out on July thirtieth. Yes. Ooh. So July thirtieth. Um, they can buy it wherever books are sold. I'm assuming. Yes, and if they need an easy link, they can go to my website annabellegat.com, and they'll find links to a bunch of places. But yeah, anywhere but where books are sold. People ask us all the time for book recommendations. So this is one, you guys, that's really, really cool. And like, it's really interesting. It's a good read. It's not, it's not too heady. It's perfect. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. She a hot book. Um, so we'll have all the links, but yes. Thanks for coming. Annabelle's book, uh, download Astro guide. And uh, follow Annabelle all over if you're not yeah, already, you're which already I'm sure you me. already are, because yes. why else would you at do this? Annabelle Gat on Instagram and at Annabelle Gat underscore on Twitter. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Twitter threads yeah. Are, are pretty good, too. So if you're not on the tweets, get on, on the thread. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll talk soon. Yes. Yes. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.